this episode, my friend Adam and I discuss how he has applied the infinite banking concept in his life over the last six years. We cover a lot of ground. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm as excited as always. I'm always excited when I have friends and clients and interesting people, which is uh, all I ever have on as guests on this podcast. But I'm excited because my friend Adam is with us today. And, you know, full disclosure, Adam has practiced the infinite banking concept that I'm aware of for six-ish years or so. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, just a... a a very cool guy, interesting guy, and you'll discover that as we have an unscripted conversation. So, Adam, hello, sir. How you doing, James? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on, Adam. You know, I know we have the opportunity to talk from time to time, probably a couple of times a year, and uh, and we've done that for the last several years. So, um, I wish we could have recorded all those or, or a lot of those conversations, you know, back, but we didn't. So, thank you for coming on. And uh, I'd like for you to just tell the people who you are, what you do, um, you know, give us an idea, give them an idea of who you are, and uh, we'll just go from there. How's that? No, that sounds good, James. Yeah, it would have been great to, to have those conversations recorded. Uh, I think you'd have a podcast uh, in and of itself just right there. But uh, no, um, as you said, I've been doing this for about six years. I think it was 2014 whenever whenever we first got the policy started. Um my previous background I was a Navy officer um, got out and run a construction business family-owned business Um, I've always kind of been a unconventional when it comes to to finance um, and investment and I can't remember exactly how we got into looking at the banking with life the becoming your own banker but however that happened it, it got put in front of me and and it caught my attention and we just kind of run that that way but you know getting back to my background it's very unconventional and i think that's what i liked about the the banking with life i had been in the stock market um minimal results there and so i've just always kind of been looking for something different that made sense um and i think that through my conversations with you we kind of we found what we were looking for there but like i said own own business um we run a business this stuff has helped a lot with that and we can go into that further um but just you know an average average daily person you know i've got two kids two young kids five-year-old a seven-year-old um that, that's what life's all about right there hey it, it's you know military own business two young kids um just an average average person i'm not some three hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollar a year person not a millionaire um just an average working person and uh, i think that's what a lot of people when they see stuff like this you talk trust you talk life insurance you know i think a lot of people feel excluded because hey i'm just a daily nine to five guy um, that's not for me, and I just want people to know that that's what I am. Um, I'm a daily, I won't say nine to five. Uh, I think my days are a little earlier than that and a little later than that, but um, we, we run a farm. We run a ranch, um, so there's that aspect as well. But um, I think that's that's a good background for who I am. I'm just like everybody else out there, and... and uh, 
well, well, I'm glad, know, I'm glad any questions you've got. Yeah, I'm glad you say that. I mean, I think that you're above average. I think most of the people that listen to a podcast like this, uh, I think they're above average, and I mean that. I'm not placating anyone or patronizing. Um, and it, but it, I do remember that. Um, I mean, I don't remember how we connected, you know, you and I. But I do know that you uh, and you 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 live in like East Texas. You know, I'm 20 miles south of Fort Worth, and I know that you met Nelson several times when because back in you know when I discovered this idea, read Nelson's book and went to meet him. Um, we began hosting him in North Texas, you know, one to three times a year. And we did that for 15 years or so before he, you know, quit uh, traveling and presenting his 10-hour seminars. And I, and I know that you made the effort, you drove, you spent the night in hotels, you paid the money to attend and made the effort to attend at least two times that I can remember, maybe more. Um, and, and so that has to... Uh, that had to have helped back in the day when you discovered this and two back then um, you know there's didn't have all of these uh, videos on YouTube and all these different bastardizations of what Nelson did and there wasn't a lot of books so I mean if we go back six years right did you say 2014 is that what you said 2014 yeah okay um so when you discovered it, you know, there was Nelson's book. Mm. He didn't have a – well, he probably did have a second book out by then. And Yes. Okay. But he was doing his 10-hour seminars, and you went to a couple of them that I know, and I know that there wasn't as many things on YouTube as there are now. So right. um, you had to make a little bit more of an effort than most of us, I think. Yeah, yeah James, and I think going back to my background – I'm a, I forgot to mention this. I'm very skeptical, and I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very research driven. And so I want people to know as well that you know, I researched and researched and researched this, trying to find ways that this was not what it looked like from the surface. Um, it wasn't what it claimed to be. So I was kind of the, I'm out to prove this is not what what they say it is. Um, I was setting out to prove that this thing was not as great as it, it claimed to be. Um, and so going, going into that, um, there, at that time, there were not a lot of YouTube videos out there on this stuff other than your quote-unquote talking heads that people see every day. I'm not going to mention any names, but hey, buy term, invest the rest. I know that that's a very common thing that I would come across life insurance is a scam uh whole life um so there was a lot of stuff out there against it um it was easy to find that but sure. yeah it, it, it i did put in the work i put in a lot of work and i think me and you talked for probably eight to ten months before um i went ahead and and got the policy uh and it was just me doing my due diligence i mean it was man i, I must have had more patience back then adam <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you did james because you were you were great um you answered all my questions uh there was no pressure there and i appreciated that but but no it it you're right um i did go to the seminars i went to two of the seminars i went to one in fort worth went to the one in alvarado when you guys first opened your new office up 
And I'm not talking just, hey, I'm running down the road. I'm talking five, six-hour trips. Um, at the time, yeah. I was living in Austin. Um, the second time, I was living in East Texas. So we're talking, you know, commitment of let's go and hear what these people have to say um, and, and learn. You know, once once I felt that that I did have something here and you guys were on to something uh, and I couldn't disprove what the claims were, I said, hey, I want to I want to learn from the source. And uh, I know you were right there with him. And um, I just I, I've enjoyed working with you guys and learning everything about the process. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I know you and I have talked over the years about, you know, different content that we're trying to create uh, and make available to our client, like client only access content just to uh, be a resource, have a resource for clients. Um, to access uh, at their own time, you know, on their own schedule, because we're all swimming upstream. You know, when you start talking about high premium life insurance, um, man, people look at you like you're weird. They question your intelligence. They question my integrity, and um, you know, it gets it gets to almost like a Stockholm syndrome. You don't even want to mention what you're doing, right? right. Because it's it's such it's viewed as such a just a terrible thing to do um, but I, I too also I see that kind of changing somewhat I mean not that the infinite banking is making great thresholds across the country compared in the last six years but it is making progress and I believe and I've, I tell my colleagues at the Nelson Nash Institute every opportunity that I have you better improve you better get ready because there's a wave of people coming and you have to be uh, uh, schooled enough to help them intelligently and efficiently because I think um, I think we're going to be overwhelmed personally as a as a movement as a you know an advisor an agent that practices the infinite banking concept um, I think we're going to be overwhelmed um, yeah and I, I agree there too and and it's funny that we're having this conversation now because you've got a catalyst uh, at this point where people are scared. People are looking at these markets and these traditional investments, and you see what's happening. Um, I'm not yeah, worried. No. I'm yeah. not worried, and, and I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not panicking, and I'm not sitting here looking at 401ks, and I'm not looking at my stock investments. Um, and, and and being worried about that because I've got my stuff elsewhere and I don't want people to think that I'm looking at this life insurance as my investment. Um, it's right. not my investment, it's my warehouse of wealth. And if you're new to this, call James, he can talk to you about that, about what this warehouse of wealth term is. Um, and we'll go over some of the projects that I've used this, this money on uh, as my investments. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't wait. Let me interject here. Today's uh, March nineteenth, twenty twenty, is why you mentioned the environment. You know, the markets have been melting down for the last week and a half. It's down thirty. Yeah. You know, and I, I think America is the greatest country in the world. I think we can outproduce them. We can outsmart them. We're more efficient. And damn, is everybody. You know, every other economy around the world. Um, and I think that the Amer we're going to be just fine. This is just another variation. Uh, things that have gone on for centuries right right, right. Um, just another interesting way the markets are going to melt down and our our rights and our freedoms are going to be eroded um, and then we're all going to pay the cost you know we're going to 
you know, uh, publicly bail out all these large corporations, and they're going to be subsidized from the tax, you know, the taxpayers. Right. And I don't mean to take a side note, but um, currently, you know, I got to say, my wife Jana and my daughter Riley are out of town. They went to Grandma's house right for spring break, and so she baked a bunch of stuff at them. Right? You know, I've got, I've got enough food to feed an army. Right? I can't even <laughs> eat it all. Like I'm going to starve to death because she's gone a week. But um, I've been going as I I've been going to local restaurants just to eat um, locally and to buy food and chip the servers and right. uh, just to spend money locally. You know what I mean? So I digress, but that's why I'm I'm glad you said that that you're not panicked about where your money's sitting. And then um, let me say one one other thing. I had a client call last week. It was so funny. And he's a friend. You know, your clients become friends. You know, you get invested. It's all emotional. And um, he said, James, I'm calling you because I know your clients aren't melting your phone down because they're not losing money. So I just wanted to call you because I know your phone's not ringing off the wall. (laughs) And I'm like. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Thanks for calling. All right. And then, and then too, the last time we spoke, I don't remember, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, we are just talking. I don't even remember what it what initiated the phone call but you at that time told me that you were going to build a house right and we kind of walked through that and then um i want to be brought up to date on that and i didn't want to go into great detail since then because i want you to share it now right? right so tell us what you've been doing and um how that's going um well and and i want to i want to tell this story from the from the perspective of, I don't want to get in the weeds, but I want yep. people to understand what I've been able to do with this this uh, sure. Banking with Life program. Uh, James, the first thing that I was able to do um, was buy a family car, all right? Um, we had the policy for about two years, and at that point, we were able to pull enough money out. We financed our own loan. We bought a family car. We have since paid that off with interest and so I said man this this is this is working you know this was that was our first test of let's put this into practice let's see if, if this thing can do what everybody preaches and so we did that and it was it was great you know I said hey I recouped that interest we've got a family car that's paid off a lot quicker than it would have been if I would have been at the bank uh, and I kept that interest not the banker um, the second thing that I was able to do was uh, the company that we now run, family business, we're in construction. Uh, we had to buy a piece of equipment, a skid steer. Um, we were going to go to the bank, and I said, whoa, hey, let's put this thing into practice again. Let's, let's I remember try. that. Yeah, yeah let's, and I, I, I called you and said, hey, what, what do I need to do? What, what are, let's get this thing set up. And it was a very simple process. Uh, there's no... Um, qualifications there's no forms that you've got to fill out i mean it was a quick simple we needed it quickly we got the money out of my account quickly we we bought this piece of equipment it has since been working and making money for us the company paid me back that loan with interest and and and, and i gotta say too it's pretty interesting though that you have the opportunity you're working with your father correct correct. i mean there's a whole story. We don't have to go into that, but just from I'm, you know, my perspective from the outside looking in, I mean, there's a tremendous value in that. You know, your right. dad, you, I'm, 
I'm speaking not for you. I'm just from the outside speaking. I'll bet you you brought new energy to to the projects that he was involved with. I'll bet you that y'all are doing projects that he would not have done on his own. Correct. And I'll bet you you've given him a whole new uh, perspective and a new wind in his – not that um, – I'm just saying I'll bet you that's a fact right? as no, a father it, it, and a son – no, it is. It is, James. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the flexibility that we had to get this new equipment. Um, you know, he's always been the type that, son, you pay cash for something. Yeah. Um, we don't have the cash right now. Let's let's make the work happen and then we'll buy something. And I was more in, in line with let's get this piece of equipment to where we can do this new work. And so it opened up a large opportunity for us to break into uh, a sector of work that we had not done previous. I love and it. And there, there was no, you know, going to the bank, explaining to them what we were trying to do and them wanting to look at three years of tax filings and, and all of this stuff that, that he dreads as a, a middle-class worker that doesn't want to deal with the bank. He grew sure. up with, you save your money and you pay cash for it. And... He's, he's not a debt person. He's not a loan person. It's, hey, son, let's just work hard and we'll pay cash for what, when we need it. And so this opened up a, an entirely new opportunity for us. And since then, the company has paid the equipment off. We've got a new piece of equipment that we run and we get new work with. And it has just been a major blessing. And then um, on top of that, that loan got paid off. So now we're sitting here everything's paid back in and an opportunity comes up with some land d- down the road from us that that's a great piece of land it's highly developable it's in a it's in an area that the school zone or the school is very highly sought after uh, there's just not a lot of construction going on so I saw an opportunity there got a, a policy loan bought the piece of land outright and have since, started building a spec home on it, all with the money that was in my life insurance policy. No banker, no, you know, guy in nice suit and tie coming out, walking around on my job site. uh, Telling you how, telling you their timeline. (laughs) Right. Trying to tell me what needs to be done and when and holding that money hostage. Saying, well, when you finish this, you can then get the funding to move forward. Yeah. Um, anybody that's built a home knows that sometimes those timelines don't line up and they don't they don't work. Um, so just cutting that entire piece of the process out has been a huge blessing. Um, we're about to I think we're about I would say a week from total completion. The house is on the market. Really. Um, so I mean it it's one of those things that when that house is sold, that loan gets paid back with interest. Um, and we'll do it again. And so wow. at this point, uh, we, we've got a banking system in place at this point um, that we can basically use over and over and over, uh, regardless of what the situation is. New equipment, new car, another spec home, um, another piece of land that becomes available. And it has just been an amazing process for me to see in person, how it's gone from that first payment, uh, a monthly payment, 
and thinking, man, this is going to take forever. And hey, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it, 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 it's not instantaneous. It's it's really not. And I don't want people to get that impression. Uh, I'm six years down the line at this point. Um, but I will tell you, six years goes very fast um, in, in, in this when you're doing what I'm doing, six years goes by very fast. And if you're diligent and you're disciplined and you continue to, to follow the rules, and there's a bunch of rules, but hey, the rules are there. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into that, but you know, the don't steal the peas and, yeah. and all the rules that come along with uh, these policies. It, it's so much better than following the rules of bankers that are basically there to, to skim off the top and make money off of you. Yeah. Well, let's let's and make you jump through hoops, you know. And and I'm a hey, as a military person and as a business owner, um, I got tired of jumping through hoops for other people, and this allows me to jump through less of them. I'll put it that way. Yeah, they're your own hoops. So let's talk about Nelson's four fundamentals briefly because they're so simple. They're so straightforward, you know, and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme of any kind. Right. And it's not about interest rates. It's about who's controlling the banking function in your life. And the capital stock of a bank is money. Okay, so if you look at banking, if the root word is bench, right, because the money changers worked off of a bench in history, ancient history. And banking is nothing but the movement of money, Right, deposits, withdrawals, loans, loan repayments. So who's controlling the banking function in your life as it relates to you? Because banking is, banking exists. So um, I appreciate you sharing that because when you when you look at a life insurance, you consider paying premiums to life insurance. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a humpteen years out into the future on an illustration that I've got to make this commitment to pay these premiums to. And you know, it's gonna take forever. Well, how old is your youngest child, Adam? Uh, he's five. Five. How fast did that last five years go? Oh, <laughs> I don't even have to answer that. <laughs> That's right. Nobody, every, everybody who has a child or a dog or whomever, whatever, no, I mean, the next five are going to go faster. Right. Right. And that's not going to change. So I love the way you said that. You're not going to get rich quick, but you piled up cash quicker than you expected. Oh, absolutely. And and I, since you bring that up, I do want to say this. I would not have the amount of money at my at my disposal right now if it were not for this program. I, I will guarantee, as disciplined of an investor as I am and as disciplined with savings as I am, I would not have the amount of capital at my disposal right now without this program. Yep, full, I appreciate full, Full-blown, honest answer. Would not have it. That's right. And look, I understand in the infinite banking world, in that footprint, we diminish the death benefit, you know, sometimes way too much. There's power in the death benefit. There's so many, you can't buy life insurance without the death benefit. But once a policy is in force and there is a death benefit that didn't exist prior, you might not have all the cash value that you want, right? But there's a death benefit. I mean, I know when I changed my life insurance back in the day, I bought more life insurance or had wound up with more death benefit practicing banking i don't care who you are you know you like step a little taller feel a little bit more uh proud of yourself like you're doing the right thing if you're a family person if you have debts and obligations you have a responsibility right Right. whether you're living or you've graduated so i'm just saying you can't discount the death benefit too awful much right? right and even though we try to do that in the banking world too much sometimes and then systematically 
paying a premium. And, and I've been in the financial world for 30 years. You know, they used to say, oh, well, it's forced discipline, forced savings. I don't really care what kind of terminology you use, but you're developing a habit when you pay premiums. That's a habit, right? right. right? And, and if it doesn't hurt, you're probably not saving enough money, paying enough premium or putting money anywhere that you own and control. Um, and it's a good habit to have your whole life. I have clients that are in their 90s and they still save money. And, and savings is almost ridiculed in the financial world today. Well, James, there's, it, it absolutely is, and there's no reason to do it traditionally. Um, and that was one of the big reasons that, that I liked this program was go to your bank and ask them how much your savings account is paying you. It, it does <laughs> not make sense. And, and I see why this culture and this generation is, is not big on savings because there's no incentive to save, and they don't. Sure. And when I say they, you know, big brother, government, who the financial uh, elite, whoever you want that they to be, but they don't want you saving money because people with savings are people with power. Um, they're, they're people that have control over their lives to a certain extent, financially at least. Um, it, it's not beneficial for the banks to pay you to save money. They want that loan to go out yeah. to you. They want that interest to come back to them um, there is no reason uh, for people to save in the current environment that we're in. Now, I'm not saying don't save money. I'm saying that there's no incentive traditionally sure. to save. Sure. And that's why this, this system that, that you're talking about with the whole life policies, there's so many benefits to it other than um, the savings of capital. There is the death benefit that you spoke of. Um, it's just and there is an incentive to, to pay that premium and to build that capital and to be able to finance your own life versus putting money in an account that draws half of a percent and then you go down there and have to pay them 8% for an auto loan. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a pretty good spread. <laughs> I mean, these people are getting filthy rich off of people's, um, I, I don't want to say ignorance, but the lack of education uh, yep. financially. And their d- dependency. Right. Yes. Because we're, we're born into the financial construct of, you know, we're all debt slaves. We were born into it and, right. you know, we're dependent. And, and the borrower, you know, is servant to the lender. No question. Absolutely. So if you don't have any money, um, you're not going to do anything in life worthwhile without money. Right. right. And if you don't have any, you're going to be dependent upon someone else for their approval and your access to that capital. And that's exactly what this solves. Well, and James, I'm constantly telling my kids, I mean, they're five and seven, but uh, it's that dear to me that they understand. When we go swipe a credit card, uh, I tell them, hey, remember, every time you swipe a credit card, daddy's got to go work an extra hour, okay? Ooh. Two hours. I want them to correlate correlate that when you swipe a credit card, that is work that has to be done. Um, I also make sure to tell them, hey, we pay these credit cards off every single month. We don't carry balances. I mean, these are on day-to-day purchases, but they will understand, uh, just like what you were talking about, the, the person that's in debt is enslaved to the debtor. I mean, it's when you've got a loan out, you've just guaranteed, what, for whatever amount, you've just guaranteed that you've got to at least work that much longer and or come up with some other way to pay that back. That is not a give me, that's not a, a freebie. I mean, it's something that that entitles you to more work. It entitles you to continue uh, working for them. And so that's what I try to explain to them debt is about. And so with this, we have eliminated all debt. We have zero debt 
We do not have a mortgage. We do not have car payments. I'm able to build spec homes. I'm able to buy equipment for our company all without going to the bank and going in debt. And that's a very empowering and a very freeing feeling. Um, it's like my dad always says, son, don't don't get into a position where you have to go to work. If you get hurt, he said, you know, we can shut down and we don't have to keep this equipment working to pay it back. That's why they were always against going in debt. Now, hey, there, there are people out there that are going to explain how certain debt is good Hey, to each their own. Uh, but I want to be in debt to myself. And uh, this... This program has allowed that. If we do have to go in debt, I I look at it as we're in debt to ourselves. And I'm not going to go into the payback features of these plans. I'm sure that you've got videos on that. But, hey, it basically boils down to you make a payment when you can, if you can. Um, I tend to do it a little differently than most. I think most would need to be disciplined enough to, to set up those repayments. I do it all in lump sums. Um, we go out and we buy a piece of equipment. The company worked for a year. I took the money that that equipment made and I lump sum paid my loan back. Wow. Um, the banker gets to do whatever he wants, right? You get to do it. And that's why I love this program. This, this home, I'm not making monthly payments back to myself on this, on this spec home. When that spec home sells, lump sum pay that back with interest and let's move to the next project. But it, it's just the parameters and the guidelines and the rules have changed when you bank with yourself and it's amazing and and i don't know what else to say about that i mean it just it's freeing to get away from the banking system i agree listen i got a question i don't know if i've asked you this before i can't remember if i did i forgot and so my apologies if i'm asking again but nelson used to say because nelson was a forester right he bought right uh timber his his real estate and uh, he's financed heavy equipment. He's owned heavy equipment. He owned it in his lifetime and financed it. And he used to say that equipment cost a dollar a pound when back in the day when he was buying equipment. And then in the in the seminars that uh, his ten hour seminars, I think he said it got up to it was ten dollars a pound. Uh, and that was probably you know, 10 years ago. What, what does that equipment cost? I mean, if I don't want to know the price of the equipment. I, my question is, you know, those big old D9 catch or whatever piece of equipment, is it a dollar pound, $10 pound, $100 pound? What do those bad boys cost nowadays in general? James, it's definitely not a dollar a pound, I'll promise I you. Uh, I would say that I'm just sitting here thinking, um, you're probably pretty close at $10 a pound. Um, we've got a, about a about a 15,000 pound tractor that if you went to go buy it brand new, you would probably pay 150,000 for it. So I, I would say the $10 a pound is probably pretty accurate. So that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wondered, you know, it's, um, yeah. all right. So your uh, spec home, is it, is it going on to the market pretty quick? Did you say it is, is it? on the market right now? All right. Well, how's the market out there? I mean, around here, it's uh, not lasting very long. No properties um, aren't lasting long on the market. No, and in this in this school district that we're in, that we're building in, and there were, there were a lot of factors into why we built where we built that. Um, the there's just there's a high demand and there's not a, a lot of supply at this point. Um, so we've had numerous interested parties. Uh, it's been on the market for about two weeks. Um, in Austin market where I used to live, that would have already been a sold property. 
Um, right. Up here in, in rural East Texas, the markets are, are quite a bit slower. But generally, you know, if this thing moves in the next 30 days, uh, that would be about average. Um, and by it not being fully completed yet, you know, there's a lot of people that they have a hard time committing to something that they don't get to see the full finished product. So sure. I would I would venture to say that within two weeks after the thing is completed in, in about another week, uh, we will probably have it under contract. Now, obviously, the environment we're in now, people are kind of pulling back uh, quite a bit because of the coronavirus and all of that stuff. So I, I would envision that it might take a little bit longer. But uh, in general, it's a pretty hot school zone and uh, not a lot of building going on and a lot, a lot of people trying to get to that area. So I don't think that it's going to take very long to move the, the property. So well, You don't sound worried about it at all? No, no. And so when this one sells, are you going to do another one? Yes. Or do you know? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got five more to do. Oh, and so, perfect. you know, I, I've had a lot of people, uh, bankers, uh, I've got some buddies that are bankers that, you know, they've offered their services. Hey, man, you know, it's always cheaper to, to bu- yep. build two of those at a time. All these contractors, hey, it's cheaper to build two at a time. Yep. Um, traditionally, maybe maybe so. Um, but I can tell you that with recouping uh, the finance aspect of the build, if I can only build one at a time, which that's all I'm able to do right now with the, the funding that I've got, um, it still benefits me more to build. And I've run all the numbers, trust me. Um, right. It benefits me more to build them one at a time with my own financing than it does to go to the bank and try to build two at a time. Yeah. So we're just going to onesie two or one at a time until we're done. We've got five more. And, uh, hey, we're just going to keep rolling with it. I love it. Well, it, I don't know. I would think that the – Second one may can happen in a in a more timely manner, and the third one. I mean, if the weather and all things being right, equal, right. I mean, this is the first home you built, isn't it? Correct. So, I mean, you're getting a, you're getting an education and an ex, and experience. It could be rolled up into the next one, in the next one. Into oh, absolutely, the next one. absolutely. You know, getting getting lined out with the the right subs and knowing the process uh, from start to finish, everything will only get more efficient as you move forward. And, and I say that uh, we haven't run into any problems with this build. Uh, the subs that I've used have been great. Um, I've got a, a guy that he's built homes for 30 years, that he's one of the subs that is basically overseeing the build project for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just gone very smooth. And, and I would say, you know, this is not a, a lecture on how to build homes, but the the availability of the funding that I had through through the life insurance policy is really what made this possible. Um, there would be no way that I'd be doing this right now without without that funding. I love it. And so your dad's involved with you when you say yeah. us and we? Yeah. I lo- yeah see, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, my youngest son, Jake, works here with us. And, I mean, that's just – that's incredibly valuable. That A lot of time, I'm not saying you – but a lot of time we overlook or discount the value of working with, you know, our children and our parents. Right. Right. And then, too, I got to go back and say I'm going to I'm going to uh, my youngest child, Riley, she's 12. And um, from a, from a very young girl, you know, we used to I like silver, you know, I like um, coins, 
old coins, French, you know, English, German, dollars, all kinds. Uh, and I'm and I'm saying this that we've talked about money and cash flows and right. saving and banking from from a, I mean, a very very young age, right? Mm-hmm. But we used to uh, get a white piece of paper and and. Uh, put a coin underneath the paper and then you do a sketch with a pencil and, and, right. and I don't know what you call that, but the image of the coin transfers to the paper, right? right. And uh, and it just, she's very artistic anyway. And so you get to learn about money and, and coinage and artwork. And uh, I want to say that uh, like a hundred years ago, a one franc coin, right? Or even a one pound coin compared to a five franc coin 50 years ago it's the same size coin but the value has gone down like 150 years ago i don't know how big these coins are but they're worth one franc the Mm -hmm. same size coin is now uh five francs if that makes sense no back then it was five francs now it's one franc you know, right. and I'm just saying this, there's so many ways to teach children about money and value. I never thought about every time you use a plastic card, dad's got to commit to another hour of labor, you know, <laughs> right. because that's really all money is, is, is a, a store of value. You know, we've worked, we've exchanged our, our time, effort, energy, talents, God-given abilities to accumulate this income. And then... You know, I'm not trying to give an economic lesson here, but I'm just saying that um, every time you spend money, you're spending real assets or future production. That's right, right. You know, I love that. Thanks for letting me share that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate. My friend Adam says that now I've got to work more hours every time you shop on eBay or Audible and or you got to be careful though. Some, sometimes you know they uh, they might go to swiping a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, you Daddy, you're hanging around too house. much. Yeah, you're making yep. me work too much, so you got to go. <laughs> yep, that's funny. All right, well, anything else you want to share or cover, Adam? Yeah, James, there there is a few a few items, and and it's okay. some stuff that I'd like to pass along. Um, that through the six years, I keep telling myself, and it helps to keep me on God. And you went, we talked about earlier that you know there wasn't a lot of YouTube stuff out there, and and I, I'm not going to take claim. But I remember at one of the the first um, seminars that I went to, I came up to you and I said, James, man, it would be great if you guys had content online to where when I forget all of this stuff, I can get on there and I can review it. Um, And that's exactly what you guys have done. And I'm not saying it was because of me, but I think that you did feel a a need and fill a gap there uh, for a lot of individuals that uh, at the time that I got into this, there was a lot of six months later you start wondering did i do the right thing um and i would have to call you up james how did this work again you know uh, i saw this online that says that you know this is the much better investment why did we say that that was not the better investment again what what did we say you know uh that this policy did better than that and so i think that you guys absolutely regardless if it was me asking that question of you maybe there was multiple clients that were saying that maybe you guys just saw the gap but um, the YouTube videos and, and y'all's education that you're putting out online right now is very much needed. And I think you're filling a huge gap and you're, you're supporting your clientele 
in a way that keeps them positive and and educated and actually learning more and more about these policies. And so I want to tell people um, it is normal to feel that did I make the right decision? Uh, am I doing the right thing? Because here's what's going to happen. You get one of these policies and everyone around you is going to say, man, you're crazy. You bought life insurance, whole life insurance. Why did you do that? And you start questioning that. So now everybody has at least something more than I had in James's videos that you can go back and, and basically uh, re-educate yourselves on the, the decisions that you've made. And I will just say stick with it. Do not give up on it. Um, it takes time. Uh, one of the things that James said early on, and I know you'll remember this, James, is that, hey, it's like starting a business. You don't start a business for free. Yes, insurance company is going to make money. Yes, James is going to make money. Um, his staff is going to make money. There is a startup period to these policies. There is going to be some time that you have to sacrifice before you're able to utilize these policies, but it is well worth it. Um, and, and James is well worth it, and his staff is well worth it, and the insurance company is well worth it. Um, that that is not James paying me to say that that is an honest uh, statement I've got a lot of people that say man I can do better in the stock market so this is my tip number two do not forget this <laughs> do not forget this the life insurance policy is not your investment the life insurance policy is your warehouse for wealth uh, it is where you store your money until you have an opportunity to do better than what the insurance company is providing. Now, that being said, you are much further ahead in life having your money stored at the insurance company. Trust me, I've run the numbers. I'm not gonna sit here with a diagram or a Excel spreadsheet and show you these numbers. James gets paid very well to do that. But- Don't put that on me, I don't wanna, <laughs> I can barely, I don't wanna run an Excel spreadsheet. Hey, me but. and you have gone over uh, uh, illustrations till we're red in the face. Um, yeah, that's true. But my point is, it's, it's worth having your money in this policy versus in a savings account versus somewhere else uh, where there are, is a multitude of advantages. You've got interest rates that will beat any savings account. You've got dividends. You've got uh, life insurance coverage to where if something did happen to you, you are still covered. And then when you do find the right investment where you think you can make a 10, 15% lick, pull that money out, invest that money. When you made that money back, put it back in your account with, with interest. So I get the argument from a lot of my counterparts, um, and I'm not going to call him out, but he'll see this video. And he'll, 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 no know exactly, he'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And I'm trying to get him to call and battle you, James, because he, oh, no. he, uh, he's, he's not hearing the, the benefits here. But I, I get these Listen, you, that, you said I get paid well. I don't get paid that well, well to, hey, to battle these. But right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, but no, um, you know, it's, it's one of those where you contend with people that don't understand it. And, and yeah. he has still not understood the point of, you know, Adam, I can buy a term and invest the rest. He said, man, I love playing the stock market. And I said, man, that's great. Yeah. I said, but you can play the stock. I can play the stock market with you. I'd pull my money out and let's go make 20% if we think we can do that. Um, so it, it's not the fact that I'm trying to get him to understand. 
I'm trying to get people to understand, and I'm sure you battle this same thing every day. The the insurance policy is not the investment. It is in, in a certain respect. It is. I look at it that way, but I also look at it in a way that if there is a better investment out there, i.e. I can build this spec home and make X amount of dollars or X percentage return, I'm going to pull that money out. I'm going to take part in that investment opportunity, and then I'm going to put that money back. And yeah, look, and you're building a home for a family. A family's right. going to buy a home. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's the basis of capitalism. Right. You know, Absolutely. I love that. Uh, I love that. I, so so though, those, those are some things that I want people to know. These are struggles that I had initially because this is a different concept. This is a, a I'm not going to say a new concept because Nelson Nash has been doing this before I was uh, out of diapers. But it is a new concept financially that we're not teaching students. We're not uh, and not just students, but most adults don't understand this concept because they've heard so many times from from conventional investment gurus that, hey, life insurance is, is bad. Life insurance, hey, buy term, invest the rest. I mean, this is not sound advice. This is not uh, people that have investigated as thoroughly as I have with James and James even more than me, I mean, he's the expert, that these life insurance policies set up in the specific way that you guys set them up are superior to anything that I have found out there. Now, I'm not saying that the Wall Street guy that can go out and shark people out of their money, invest in day trading, I'm not saying that, that, hey, maybe that guy can do better, but for your average person like me, I'm a conservative investor, I want to preserve capital. I want to have the opportunity to jump on investments when they arise. This has been perfect. It has, has performed exceedingly well. It, it's even exceeded my expectations that James outlined in the illustrations. I look at my yearly annual reports that come back. My policies have exceeded anything that we ever put together, James. And, uh, and it's because, because of what you've done. It's because of utilizing these policies in the correct way and paying yourself back with interest. That's right. You're just being your own banker. Great example. I mean, I, I appreciate all the kind words, too. Um, you know, what? what is all of that worth, right? And, and then you can't, you can't put the value of that on a life insurance illustration. No. You can't put that on a spreadsheet. And let me say that I don't have a specific report to cite, but I've heard humpteen times over the last humpteen years, the average day trader in America loses 6% a year. All right, they don't talk about that. It's, just, no. it's like the average real estate investor. They don't want to, they'll discount their time they don't want to take into account their time and they only want to talk about the 20% year over year returns. Well, listen, man, I, I know plenty of real estate investors that have lost more than 20% in a year. And it, and it takes them, especially if you're, if you're an investor and you have a portfolio of properties right. and then and you're going to do cash out refis, equity harvesting, whatever terminology you want to use, right? You're just banking with real estate, right? You're right. collateralizing property. Okay. Now, if you have a portfolio of 100 homes and you go to the banker, he's not going to give you, you know, uh, 20% loan to value. Now, right. it's 50-50. And then you got to cough up all the performance. And then that banker is going to take that loan request, 
to his uh, loan committee and and you know there's a pecking order of what gets presented at the bank's loan committee and my whole point is that if you don't close on that loan in a timely matter you're going to have to cough up new pro formas Mm-hmm. Right, and you do that four or five times. You have all that property, all of those cash flows, and you're you're going to the banker with your hat in your hand, and they're dictating to you how, when, and why or why not you're going to get money. And right. it's like, take all that you want. You know, if that's the life you want to live, I mean that we're you you have every opportunity on a daily basis to live that way. Right. If you want to become your own banker, and uh practice the infinite banking concept this is worth investigating and man if if somebody can't listen to this episode and listen to you and and get motivated to to at least buy a book and read a book or then i i can't help them you know what i mean no and and you know we uh my my buddy and i we we have a two-hour drive that we commute every weekend to go check on oil wells in louisiana and so we get to have our back and forth. We talk stock market. We talk, yeah. you know, news. We talk oil. We talk investments. Um, me and him basically got into talking about insurance. They were di- buying some insurance for some employees at work, and I kind of started in on the the whole life insurance and the infinite banking. And man, it, it's like a switch got turned off with him. And he's ah, oh, you know, we're just going to buy the term, you know, this, that, and other. And I said that exact thing to him. I said, Kyle, if you're not, well, he knows who I'm talking about now. Oh, no. You, I'll edit it out if you want. <laughs> no, you, you can leave it in. I didn't, I didn't use a last name. But, All right, Kyle, we love you. We're just yeah, using hey, you as an example. All but, in love. Uh, yeah, that may or may not be his name. But <laughs> what it came down to was, hey, if, if you're not opening up to hear the, the, the argument, if you don't even want to hear it, if you won't even entertain it, let's change the subject. Um, yep. There's there's nothing to talk about with with someone that has already predetermined um, what they're going to think about a topic or predetermined what um, what something is or isn't. And um, so you know you're absolutely right. You're not, and that's not who you want to work with anyway. I'll tell you that right now. Um, as a as the business owner that goes out and does work for people, I can judge very quickly if I even want to work with this person or not, and that is that is something that I enjoy about the financial position we're in right now is that I don't have to work with people that I don't want to work with, and you know they have to be open and you have to be they have to be um, trainable they have to be open to education they have to not be shut down to new ideas and if you that's are a, then then you have to move on yeah that's a whole new perspective in business isn't it when you don't have to absolutely work with people you don't want to absolutely oh, if we gosh. were if we were if we were debted out and we had loans to repay and all of our equipment's going to get repoed if we're not working man that doesn't give you a, a whole lot of leeway of who you want to work with i mean you pretty much have to take any job that comes down the pipe so in this respect, hey, if it's if it's somebody that you just don't feel like you're going to be able to please, no matter what you do, hey, I can I can walk away from that bid, and uh, and I've done it, you know, numerous times in the last several years. So it, it's a very, like I said, it goes back to it's a very um, liberated feeling, and I don't want to get too 
emotional, but I mean, it, it very much is. And I think it gets better and better with time. It, it really yeah. does. You know, this is a very emotional, you know, Ryan uh, and I have talked about that. This is very emotional. We're talking about money and families. You know, people, um, if they don't have loved ones, they, they don't buy life insurance. You know, just the mere fact of owning life insurance is because you care for someone else. You know, so, and it's very emotional. You know, when you're talking about money and, and, and income and it's it's very emotional. So, but I appreciate no, it, that. No, it's something that's very central to my family. Um, and I'll be honest with you, James, I, I probably am doing this less for me and more for my kids. Uh, I am a gold guy. I'm a silver guy. I mean, I've got, I've got those investments where, uh, those, those kids of mine have gold and silver accounts where every month I'm buying physical gold and silver and we store some here. We keep it in certain accounts online, but it's physical gold and silver, um, and we haven't touched on this part, and I'm glad you brought it up, but it's legacy building. I want to leave something more for my kids than was left for me. And sure. this life insurance policy, um, you know, is one part of that. You know, you, we could talk trusts, we could talk life insurance, we could talk, you know, physical gold and silver. Um, th- there are many aspects that you can talk about, but I think that this life insurance policy, this uh, infinite banking concept, is a legacy building component uh, that that is in with a, a large amount of other things that I've got going on. Uh, so it is one part of it, but I will tell you, it's probably the central part of that legacy that I want to leave behind for my kids. Yep. Uh, you know, if I was in East Texas, I'd be buying whiskey, tobacco, and water filters too. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know that that uh. That reminds me that I think one of the um, most senior clients that I have is in his 90s, all right? And uh, he's been a client a long time, I don't know, 10 years, something like that. So he was in his 80s when he became a client, okay? And and we had a conversation, and he, he met Nelson, and he so he came, and he listened to Nelson. But we uh, one of our early conversations, Adam was he told me he said James he said I was sitting in my living room in 1964 watching LBJ on a black and white TV when LBJ said silver has become too valuable to use as money he said James I knew immediately right then there was something wrong and I've been buying silver ever since all right now fast forward to this is 2020, so somewhere around 2010, 11, or 12, he becomes a client, and he ensures he buys policies on his two adult sons, okay? And he, like, you know, many silver stackers, uh, hard money guys, you know, precious metal people, they consistently buy precious metals. That's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he, he, what he did um, was he funded life insurance policies, then took loans to continue purchasing silver is what he liked. Right, now, think about that. He, the only thing he did was create policies that used his son's lives for the, for the, insurable, the insurability. Right. Um, he owns them. Right? He's a beneficiary until he graduates, and the ownership is going to transfer to his boys, and he still bought all the silver that he wanted to buy. Right. I mean... Uh, 
it doesn't matter what you're doing, in my opinion, you can, if this infinite banking concept makes sense to you, you can integrate it into everything that you're doing and make everything that you're doing even better. Okay. And James, if I can jump in right there, I think that that we we've covered this in a couple different ways, but it comes back to when people are comparing the insurance policy to the investment, they're doing it wrong. You're not oh, comparing yeah. apples to apples at that point. And and what that guy was doing is exactly what I'm doing now. He he's still buying the silver that he wanted to buy, but guess yep. what? He's doing it with an insurance policy now nothing has changed for him and that's the same thing that it's hard to grasp that concept that with these policies you want to put as much money as you can comfortably put in now i will say comfortably i kind of say that with with caution because sometimes it's not comfortable um and that's how i know and that's how (laughs) i know that i'm putting the right amount in there because sometimes it does feel uncomfortable Uh, but guess what that dude was pulling that money back out and doing exactly what he was going to do with it anyway. But guess what? He's backed up with an insurance policy now, um, and that's that's why comparing the the actual policy to a specific investment, you can do it all day long, but it's not really apples to apples because I'm going to take that money out of that policy, and I'm going to buy that same investment that you're trying to prove to me is better. And I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I reap the benefits of that investment as well. And guess where I'm going to put it back? Back in my warehouse of wealth in my insurance policy. And that, I think, is the hard part for people to get over is that they can still invest in whatever it is that they're comfortable investing in or they can leave it in their warehouse. Now, you know, you can go back to the the silver talents and the parables of, you know, if you don't invest money and, and put it to work. But my thing is, is it's safer and does better in that policy than anywhere else. But if that investment opportunity jumps up, you've got a way to get that money out and take, take advantage. Now, if you lose on that investment, you know, that's not the insurance policy's fault at that point. But if you can, if you can beat that insurance policies, you know, returns, then, then do it. And that's exactly what it is designed to do. And Nelson preached that. Nelson never preached. I was at two of his seminars, and you you had a, a relationship with him way more in depth than than I did. But he never preached. Don't take the money out and use it. I mean, this is something that the money is there. You need to put it to work, whether it's buying construction equipment or forestry equipment or um, investment land or cattle or whatever it is that you're into that you think that you can make a good return on. That is what that money is there for. Uh, and until you're ready to use it, it is at least doing better and providing you with advantages that no savings account or 401k is ever going to provide to you. Yep, I, I agree. And to be clear, you know, we were just capitalizing the cash values, right? By guaranteed contract. Right. So the money doesn't actually come out. It's there compounding, earning dividends. Um, and then I have a friend, a colleague that uh, – that uh you know he said many times that when people compare you know it's always compared to what you know there's 
compared to what? You know, the life insurance compared to what? And, and life insurance is not an either or asset. It's not like I can have life insurance or the silver, life right. insurance right. or the spec home, you know, life insurance or the retirement account that's going to produce passive income in retirement. It's an and asset. There's no question about that. I can have the life insurance and the vacation and the education and the equipment and the automobiles and and, and that's very powerful and that people do have to um you know I mean it's hard sometimes to wrap your mind around that I mean Nelson accurately named it infinite banking concept you know mm-hmm. and the concept is an abstract idea so you got to spend time to understand you got to do your homework you got to do your vetting um, but the, uh, typically when life insurance is quote unquote compared to an investment, the, the, the comparison is typically the investment, there's zero guarantees in an investment. Right. So you're, you're comparing against that best case scenario, mm-hmm. and then you're comparing it with life insurance that is wrought with guarantees, Right. And then there's a worst case scenario and you're going to come out ahead in the worst case scenario in life insurance. So it, you're exactly right. It's not an apples to apples comparison. As a matter of fact, it's not even a correct construct, in my opinion. Right. You know, um, right. so if there's an investment or an opportunity, by all means, go take advantage of it and be profitable. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that that is the, the difficult part is. And you said it better than me. It is an and asset. You can have both. Um, and so to, to argue, and I'll go back to me and my friend. It, it, it's Tyler. Not, it, it, it's not, yeah, John. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's not arguing. It, it is healthy debate. Um, yeah. it, it's, um, it's hard to get people to see outside of the box that, that has been put over them. And when you live in a system and and financially things are done for a certain amount of time a certain way it's hard to get out of that mindset so hey i'm not beating up on people that that don't buy into this if it's not for them it's not for them um it's hard and even even somebody like me that that does put in the time to educate myself on this and try to understand it better and better sometimes james i pick up the phone and i call you and I say, man, can you explain this to me again? Why are we doing this? Because I don't do it on a daily basis, but I do know that with the amount of time that I've put into it, I can tell you that there's nothing else out there that I'm comfortable with and I'm fully uh, appreciative to have this policy. Uh, and I think that my family's better for it. Our business is better for it. And I'm doing investments right now that I would never be able to do without this policy started six years ago. So I'll just look out there and say, hey, start it now. If you if you have any aspirations of doing anything in the next five to 10 years, don't wait. Start now because it takes that amount of time to build this business. And this is a business. Um, and, and James, you can go over that with people. Uh, like you've gone over it with me. This is a business. You have a back office. I look at this as that insurance company, I'm part owner in it. I've got a yep. back office. James is is my support. He he and his staff are part of my back office. I am able to go through them to get the financing that I need. This is a business and it takes time to build. 
Yeah, it does. But you didn't wait six years. You like you no, mentioned no. earlier. I mean, you bought the family car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot the second thing you did. The piece of equipment with the your father. I love that. Yeah. You know, say hi to your father for me. Will and do. Then, and then the spec home. I mean, yeah, no, th- this has happened in the six years. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm wanting to say it was about two years before we we bought the family car. And I, hey, everybody, you can do the math out there. Hey, I didn't go buy a fifty thousand dollar car, and I'm not claiming that. We bought a gently used vehicle, affordable within our price range. Uh, I think. Just for everybody's sake, it was about fifteen thousand uh, dollars. I'm not buying fifty thousand dollar cars. Um, two two years later, I did go out and buy a piece of uh, equipment that was rather more expensive than that. Um, and then six years later, here we are. And hey, granted, I'm paying all of this stuff back. I'm not buying this stuff, not paying my loans back. I'm putting right. that money back. And now here we are six years later, and I'm building uh, a spec home. And anybody that knows anything about building spec homes, you're not building them for fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. You know, they are significant uh, investments, significant costs there. Uh, and it did take six years for us to build that amount of value into these policies. But, hey, it's six years. It's not 20, uh, like a lot of people would think it would take. Um, it, it's very doable. It's very... Uh, very much within reach for average people with discipline to get into this program. I, I I appreciate that. You've been a very good banker. You know, I wish everybody was like you. You, you I'm just saying, you know, uh, I've enjoyed all of our phone calls. I answer the phone and make my return calls. I mean, I'm not available on demand, but I'm available to our clients. I mean, right. um, and I've always enjoyed the conversations and, you know, I, I would rather spend time with people that are doing and truly learning as to arguing with people to to justify this idea of or this ability, you know. And so and that's really how I get to spend my day is talking to people like you, Adam, that are that are getting it, doing it, and I can learn from you, right? I mean, we can all learn from each other, which is another reason I love live events. You know, you get 100 people in the room, they're all right. doing 150 different things, and we can learn from each other. Iron sharpens iron. Um, so I appreciate all the good comments, the nice comments, and, and you know, you've done very well. You're very disciplined. And Nelson used to say, look, this requires discipline. If you don't have discipline, you might as well dig a hole, jump in it, and have someone else cover you up. You know, no, it, absolutely. It, but it's worth it. Hey, any, any, any investment strategy, um, you know, this, this is no different than any other investment strategy. People have to have some sense of, of financial wherewithal. They have to know themselves. They have to know their family. They have to know their financial situation. They have to be disciplined. Um, I will say that this, um, it differs not very much from you know your 401k at work because, hey, it's an automatic thing. Hey, this is the same way. But I will say this in, in terms of the discipline part, um, this is far better than saying, I'm just going to sock it into a, a savings account, which we all know what happens when that first emergency comes around. You pull that money out. It's very hard to, to get that money back in there. With this, it, it there is a structure in place that I love that is very similar to a savings account. And if that emergency comes, you can get it just as quick as you can out of a savings account. But guess what? There's structure and there is repayment plans. 
that help you to get back on track. You don't get that with savings accounts and CDs and, and anything else like that. No, um, I, I convey it like this, that if you think of the idea of just saving money, right, that, that's a cash flow. That's a discipline. We're piling up money. And then life happens. The emergency happens, the unexpected, and then we deplete. We liquidate that account. And then the next time period, we're just saving up again. Right. We're right. saving up again until the next life event or situation happens and we liquidate that account where when it comes to life insurance and there is a difference between a premium and a loan repayment. Right. Mm-hmm. But we pay premiums. That's a cash flow. Part of that cash flow premium. There is a cash value that's liquid that you can withdraw or collateralize, borrow against. OK. Now, the life events happen. They happen all day long. Every day. Right. Instead of liquidating that asset, we collateralize it. We borrow against that cash value. So we'd never interrupt the compounding growth. Right. And now the next time period, instead of a replenishment of a savings account, we're making loan repayments. So my point is this. The cash flow is the same, whether it's accumulating savings or a loan repayment to the next event of liquidation or collateralization. So and I think, um, quite frankly, um, Adam, um, I know we talked about, you know, you being a guest on this for some time. This, in my opinion, is an episode that people need to listen to more than once, right? Because you've covered an awful lot of ground, and, and it's good, solid, foundational, educational, and, and unscripted, not paid for from experience. This is an episode that is worthy to be watched more than once. So that's my encouragement to the listener or listen to more than once. Anyway. So thank no, you. And, and, and I, I, well, and I appreciate being able to get to share my experience because like I said, I, I can't go through all the ins and outs and, and, and I get with a buddy of mine and, and he wants to nail me point for point on, well, I can do this and I can do that. And, I just don't have the ammo to technically be able to to fire back on everything, and then I get home and I'm like, let me call James real quick and and let's get these counterpoints. But no, it, it it's hard for me not being the guy that does it every day to fire back these counterpoints. But I will I will say this, I don't I'm not trying to counterpoint anybody right now. I will just say that I have had great experiences with this. This has been a great. Uh, blessing for my family for my business and for investment opportunities that we're involved in now i've got life insurance i've got capital that that is in a life insurance company Uh, there are so many benefits here that they fit my investment style and my financial style to a t and if it's not for you it's not for you I would venture to say that I don't know of anybody out there. I, I can't imagine anybody out there that would say that's just not for me uh, because you can do whatever you want to with this. If you have an aggressive investment style, put it in the life insurance policy, get the policy, pull it out and go throw it in the most aggressive investment you can find. Um, and you can do that. You know what I'm saying? You you can do that. Um, there is just so many aspects to this program to that you can't cover it all here. There's so many things that I probably want to say that I'm going to forget, but I, I guess I just want to at least impart on people that are watching this that I've had a great experience. I've got to do things that I have, would not be able to do. Um, 
it is a legacy building centerpiece to my financial strategy um, that my kids will benefit from. And I, I just, I don't, hey, I'm going to say this. I'm open to anybody that wants to present something to me that, that can do and beat what this thing can do. Uh, I will be open-minded to that. And, and I well, was I'll, open-minded to that. So <laughs> I'll throw your phone number out there and let them call you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> X. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, seriously, I, I am open-minded. And I, I, don't wanna, sure. I don't want people to think, well, yeah, this guy's a, he's towing the line, you know. I am the type of person that if something came along that would beat this setup, I would I would first come to James and I would say, James, what do you think about this? And we would go over it. But I'm telling you, there in, in my eight months before I got the policy and in the six years since, I'm constantly in financial strategies. I'm constantly talking with friends that are that are bringing new ideas to the table there has been nothing else that i've seen that compares to this uh that that has all the advantages that this has and will enable you to do the things that this policy can do and and that's just bottom line honesty talking not getting paid to say it not trying to convince anybody else to do it i'm just telling you my experience with it and if it sounds like something that that would work for you then i would strongly suggest that they get in touch with you and and move forward don't hesitate well, I appreciate that. And we're going to encourage them to buy Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, his first book, second book, Building a Warehouse of Well, DVD, Banking with Life. And then Nelson has a 10-hour series at, at the Nelson Nash Institute because the people listening are not going to have ever the opportunity in this lifetime to listen to Nelson Nash present his 10-hour seminar. And right. that is available, that pre-recorded 10-hour seminar is available at Nelson at the Nelson Nash Institute. Um, and so thank you for saying that. I'm just like you. I've done this 30 years. If there's something better out there, it's not like I'm sleepwalking, not paying attention. I mean, right. I pay attention. I mean, we're all swimming in noise. There's almost too much noise going right. on in the world. And uh, this free flow of information is, you know, it can be mind-boggling just trying to keep up with it. Um, James, can but I let say me, something real quick? Sure. Um, talking about the the Nelson Nash, the seminars, the ten hour seminars, I was I was able to go to two of his seminars, and I just want people to know that that will get to watch his videos. That's great. Uh, it truly is great to see the the source, to see the master that that came up with this stuff. It, it's great, but I just want to to tell people getting to meet him in person I I try to get a sense of the people that I'm dealing with and you can watch his videos and his seminars all day long and unfortunately these people are not going to get to interact with him on a personal level in between the breaks uh, like I did and that was the biggest selling point for me was his genuineness um, you could sense his genuineness to help people to educate people, to steer people in the right direction. Um, you did not get a sense from this man that he was selling you something, um, that he was trying to force you to do something, to pull the wool over your eyes. There was there was none of that. Um, this, this man truly wanted to help people financially, um, and, and that was his goal in life. And he was so sincere about it. And you don't get that 
in the video seminars. Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of his personality that comes out, but it's in between the breaks where you're conversating with this man and he's asking you questions and he's telling you about his life, he's telling you about his faith, he's telling you about his family, he's telling you about the hardships that he went through, um, and then he's asking you questions and seriously listening to you. Yeah. Uh, you're into. I mean, you got a room full of people. And this man can make you feel like that you're the only person there, and he's answering your questions, and he he, he grabs you by the shoulder and the and the arm, and he is giving you advice like a grandfather. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's kind of giving me chills. Uh, but this was a man that truly cared for yeah for I, real. You know, I I say often that he was one, he was the most righteous man I'd ever met. Okay. And then I say all the time, he's the only man that I'd ever met that could talk to a room full of people, 250, 175, however many, and you genuinely felt like he was speaking to you individually because he was. Yes. You know, yes. and, you know, that's, that's unbelievable to me. I can, I completely agree with you and understand it and uh, and feel sorry i mean my, i don't feel sorry for him my heart goes out to the people who won't have the opportunity to meet him on the, in on this side they'll meet him on the other side but i'll right. guarantee you you know we're not going to talk about the infinite banking concept on the other side in the next life we're yeah. not going to talk about you know uh, but he was uh no question he was a great guy a very good speaker and i've never in my life seen an individual that can that could connect with a room full of people on an individual basis. I mean, right. unbelievable. So, yep. you know, I don't want to make the people that, that won't have the opportunity to hear him live in person feel bad. But the next best thing is, in my opinion, the 10 hour seminar. Yes. That, yes. that is available. And, and so that's really, cause I believe today and I'm doing my part, you know, my, my commitment to Nelson and to the Nelson Nash Institute has always been to do my part. So I'm doing my part. Um, but I, you can't speak intelligently about the infinite banking concept, in my humble opinion, unless you've heard him give and go through his 10-hour presentation and then read Becoming Your Own Banker and the second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. You just can't. You multiple know, you can talk times. about it. You need to yeah. read those oh, yeah. multiple times. I still yeah. read them, and absolutely, and there's still questions that come up, and there's still, man, I forgot that. But no, I, I definitely agree. You you cannot unless you've put that time in. It, it's almost like you, you can't even refute it. Don't refute something that you don't know about. And I spent, you know, the better part of a year trying to refute it and i'm reading these books and i'm talking with you and i was finding every reason in the world not to do it uh trying to poke a hole in it and here i am six years later and i'm not going to say that i'm a an evangelist on it but hey when the when the situation comes up i tell people my experience and sure. uh you know it's it's uh it's something that's very much benefited us but absolutely, they need to read the books. They need, I mean, they're not, they're not thick books. I mean, they're not 400 page, you know, lecture books. They're very simple. Uh, they've got diagrams, they've got examples. I mean, it, it's very easy to understand, but you need to read those books multiple times, become familiar with it, and then ask yourself, can, can you beat this? And um, I think it's, it's very difficult to do, I really do. 
All right. Well, not to you know put you on the spot, but <laughs> looking back, what would you do different, if anything? Looking back, probably uh, you know I was going to say, and here my honest, just shoot from the hip answer would have been do it sooner. But you know I don't even think I would do that differently, James. I think that taking the time to do it and, and research it the way I did it. Um, that's just me personally. I have to do those things. I have to go through those steps to, to make those kinds of decisions. Um, and, and I wouldn't want to ask some, and I know I've said this a, a number of times, um, hey, just do it, you know, telling other people. But I completely understand if other people want to do the same thing that I did and take that six months, eight months to, to educate themselves and, and ask those hard questions. James, I, I don't know that I would do anything differently. I, I think I would say this. If anything, if I could change anything, maybe make it happen 10 years earlier. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, from the time that I was introduced to it till now, I would probably do nothing differently. Um, except maybe have a, a, a higher income and be able to put more into it. Uh, but I don't think I would do anything differently of, of, of the process that I went through. I, I think I think I'll go with that answer. The the thing that I would change was all of that process would have occurred 10, 15 years earlier. Um, sure. I didn't that, start I didn't start common. this till I was thirty two years old. Um, man, if I would have done this at twenty two, um, at that time the policies wouldn't have been as big. I wouldn't have been putting as much in. But man, I would have started, and yep. and I think that. You and I both know 10 years of a little bit is better than a lot later on uh, because of the the way the compounding and all of that stuff works. So that would be, I guess, my answer that this would have occurred. I would have met you 10 years earlier. That that would have been my answer. Well, and I appreciate that. That's very common. You know, there's typically about four things everyone says, and one of them is, I wish I would have done this, you know, 10 years, 20 years earlier or whatever. We start dating ourselves. Yep. Um, and I, I I, was 40, so you got a head start as far as age-wise, you know, almost 10 years, years earlier than yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you are, we are... I'm 56 now. Whoever's listening at however old you are, that's that's where we're at. We're, yep. We are here. This is where we're at. And so typically, uh, well, the way I phrase it is once we are exposed to it, we've done the vetting, if it makes sense to us and we put it into action, man, we spend the rest of our time just playing catch up. Okay. What were we going to do anyway? You know, 10 years is going to happen. The difference between now and 10 years from now, I don't remember who said it, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, you know, uh, is is uh, people that you meet and the things that you read, you know, your education. Um, so the time's going to happen. You're going to be putting your money somewhere. You're going to be financing everything that you're going to finance anyway. So um, just, you know, the time's going to happen. And, and the time is going to pass. And my and encouragement it, And is, it happens a lot faster than you think. I mean, oh, my gosh. Yes. If you're younger out there and you're listening <laughs> to this, trust me, the, the clock speeds up. And uh, don't think, well, I've got another five years to do this. Trust me. Um, listen, when you were 20, your daddy probably told you that. And you didn't listen to him. I didn't listen I mean. to him. I didn't. <laughs> and, hey, and, and that's exactly what I go back to earlier. You know, trying to tell somebody on this podcast – 
or whatever you what is this this is this a podcast or a video uh, yeah it's a, it's a podcast it's a video podcast video you know? podcast yeah. okay there i want to get the terminology right but i don't know it's the it, it'll be on audio only but it'll go on youtube so it's a video okay. and audio but it, it's a video podcast but no you can't I guess. through these things you can't convince these these people and expect them to be convinced to do something that you yourself didn't do uh, back when you got the same advice. But hopefully it resonates with somebody and hopefully it resonates with people uh, to get them to take action, at least to, to start investigating this this route and this path um, of financial liberation. I mean, that's really what it is for me. And that's that's really my encouragement. Just, just look under the hood, see if this idea this concept is worth investigating my encouragement that it is and just look and see if it is for you and if it is you know great implement it if it's not no problem you know i don't it's just you know have an open mind look look at things um just pay attention just see you know that's my encouragement just to see and i think too the idea of like you coming here in, in talking with me in this episode, I hope that people that are exposed to this idea can just listen to unbiased. You're not getting paid. No. I'm not, you're not, you know, promoting me. I mean, we're both promoting the idea that, that you can become your own banker and there's real value there. And so my whole thought process for guests to come on this podcast is to have content out there that people would have access to that are just thinking about whether this is good, whether it's not, should I spend any time investigating it? Um, just to create a resource that didn't exist for you six years ago, didn't exist for me 15 years ago, you know, to uh, just to bring value. And then quite frankly, you know, I have fun talking about it. Right. Um, I get up every day to promote the idea that you can become your own banker. So it's not that there's nothing in it for me. There is a lot. I'm, we get calls every day, all day long, and we're excited to talk to people right, and to get new clients. So, But at the end of the day, there's a lot more to this life than just getting paid, right? just earning money. Um, this is the only thing as a matter of fact since the coronavirus is going on currently and this is uh march 19th and we've talked about it in our office right this idea this infinite banking concept becoming your own banker is the exact antithesis of what's going on in the big wide world right now currently this idea of social distancing this anti-capitalist idea of you can't go anywhere and congregate with anyone um, that is so anti-capitalist right and this concept becoming your own banker is the exact thing that the average all-american businessman needs to understand that we don't have to be dependent on a third-party lender we can control our own access to capital if that's true and it is then it's worth investigating. So thanks for letting me share that. I mean, I can, I can just talk for hours and hours about this thing. No, and it, I think it goes right back to the very thing that I said at the beginning of this podcast. I'm not worried. Um, 
Now, I love that. Now, I, I, and, I, and I don't want people to say, well, this guy's an idiot. It's not that I'm not worried for my family or, or somebody catching the coronavirus. I'm talking purely from a financial standpoint of what this coronavirus has caused in this country financially. Um, I feel for the people that are affected by it, that are that are getting it and dying from it. I'm not trying to downplay that. But when I say that I'm not worried, I'm not worried from the financial standpoint that everybody else is, where you've got markets crashing from 29000 to 18000 You've got oil that goes from $50 a barrel to $20 a barrel. I mean, the world is falling apart financially due to fear right now. I don't have that fear and it's because, in large part, of my financial standing due to this policy. And I love that. I do not want people to think that this is a magic bullet. But for me and my family, it has been a blessing in more than, than one way. And, and I firmly go back to the very beginning of this video. That was one of the first things. I'm not worried. And I, from a financial standpoint, I am not and it's because I've got this policy and I am able to support myself financially without the banks, without the outside influence of what's going on in the markets. It's a love fest, Adam. It's a love fest. We love the infinite banking concept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what else? What else, young man? Anything? Oh, uh, I guess at this point, this is where out. you kind of come up with the, the review of what we've talked about. And let me let me just hit my points. Okay. E- educate yourself on this program. Do not be afraid to, to try it. Do not be afraid to, to jump in with both feet. Do not be swayed by outsiders. Once you've made the plunge, do not be swayed by outsiders saying, man, I can't believe you did that. Let me put you in touch with my... JP Morgan advisor and let's get you in a real investment. Um, do not forget that this is not the this is not the investment. Yes, it is an investment. It's an investment in your family. But this is not the end all be all investment. You can get your money out of these things to invest in whatever it is that that you're interested in and and that goes back hey, invest in what you're interested in. I'm interested in oil. I'm interested in cattle. I'm interested in in construction. I'm interested in building spec homes. That's what I use my policy for. So it does not preclude you or exclude you from doing uh, whatever it is your investment style uh, happens to be. You can do whatever, but do something. That is the, the challenge that I will put out to whoever listens to this. Do something. Whether it's get with James and decide it's not for you or get with James and decide that it is everything that you, that you hope it could be and you move forward, do something. I like and, that. James is choice A or choice B. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and say, get with James and do this. I don't want to be that salesman, James. Sure. Um, sure, you're, sure. Not, you're not a – I mean, you are in a sales position. You have to show people the benefits, but – I will tell everybody listening right now, I do not look at James. I do not. Let me talk to you, James. I do not look at you as a salesman. Um, I was never sold anything. My questions were answered. My education was confirmed. You helped me set this business up. You, in my mind, are not a salesman. A salesman is when you walk onto a car lot and they are pushing something down your throat. 
James, you never did that to me. I appreciate it. I know you don't do it to your other clients. They're going to appreciate that. And I know you don't do it to new people. So do not expect to get sold something. Be expecting an education and guidance. And that's what I want people to understand. Thank you for saying that. Um, I hate being pigeonholed. You know, I'm a father, a son, a brother, an uncle. You know, many things. Yeah, but. absolutely, absolutely. Um, other than that, James, I think, I think you know, we could go on and on. There's many scenarios that I could talk about. I could bring up stuff, questions that I've had that you've answered. But I, I think that for the purpose of what we're trying to do here. Um, People have heard my story. They've heard my experience. They've heard some of the things that I faced, which was skepticism, uh, research, um, all of these things that I know everybody is going to go through to some extent. I can tell you that that I made the right decision, and I know that based on what I'm doing in my life right now. And, and I, I couldn't be happier financially or the, the financial instruments that I'm involved in, I, I couldn't be happier. Perfect. Well, you know, that's, uh, I just appreciate you sharing, Adam. You know, I mean, that's really what I want is just for you to share um, from your perspective. And I think you've done a very good job of that. And I appreciate you taking the time and to, to even do that with us, you know. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, I think it is important enough to, to let people know. Um, I'm not out there pushing this every day. Um, I'm not trying to, to convince the world. And, and maybe, hey, maybe I should do a little bit more, but that's just not me. Um, and so just to let people know that the fact that I'm on here talking to people about this, um, it, it's kind of out of my wheelhouse. You know, I don't normally do stuff like this, but it is an important enough thing uh, in my mind and something that has helped us tremendously that I agreed to do this and and I want people to know that that it's something very beneficial that it's not just for rich people it's not just for uh, people that have a bunch of uh, expendable income it is for everybody I think that that any policy can be set up for any income level and that they will be better for it and and I want people to know that this is for regular people as well so I agree. I agree. Thank you. All right, Adam. Um, man, I just appreciate you. James, you know, I appreciate you guys for sure. You guys have helped me out a lot. So. All right. Well, listen, have a good day. And you got a cow out there, Kevin. So. <laughs> yeah. Time to go throw the rain suit on and go uh, go check these cows. That's the only time they, they decide to calve is when it's cold, sleeting, or raining. So That's right. Muddy. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's her third one, so it shouldn't be any problems, hopefully. Yep, you know, yep. I, I think I can yeah, – she's moved, so she's probably okay. So Spit that one right out. Okay, well, thanks for taking the time, Adam, and uh, we'll talk later, okay? Absolutely, James. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. All right, okay. you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.